Right, all right. Uh, they're, uh, they're building something here for me, so uh, we'll use that later. Hey, guys, listen, it is awesome to see you today, and uh, we might need to adjust that light because it's going to blind the people in the first three rows. Let's angle it a little bit. Yeah, we might need to dim those lights there or something like that. Um, so we'll, we'll fix that. But here's what I want to do. Um, man, I want to pray um, because, man, what we just sang uh, has got to happen uh, for today to be effective. And so, uh, so I really want to, uh, I really want to pray uh, right now. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I, that's our prayer. God, if you don't come and give us faith to believe exactly what you've said, today is going to end. We're going to go home and nothing happens. Because, God, we're going to say some big things today. We're going to do and experience some great things today. And it's all true. It's all true. Because Jesus, 2,000 years ago, left heaven, came to earth, died for sin on a cross. Three days later, he came back from the dead, and he is alive right now. But, God, if you don't give us faith to believe that, this is just going to roll off us at lunch. We're just going to forget it Monday afternoon. We see that coworker that gets on our nerves. We're going we're to lose sight of this by Wednesday when our kids have another temper tantrum, when we get stuck in slow traffic again. So God, what we all need is faith. And I, and I know that there's people here today, maybe they don't believe in you or anything like that. God, just help them to see there might be more to this than what they think. Show them a little glimpse of who you are today. In Jesus' name, everybody screamed Amen. Awesome. Awesome to have you guys here today. Man, if this is your very first day here at Summit, my name is Mark Holmes, and I'm the lead pastor here at Summit. Man, I get the honor and the privilege to serve here, and uh, man, I just love this church. I love coming together with you guys every single week. And uh, hey, if you're here today for the very first time, okay? So if you're here, say for the, say this today is your very first time, or maybe you're a returning guest. Maybe it's your second Third time, we are just excited, man. We are fired up that you are here today. We call you guys, anybody that's new at Summit, we call them our VIPs because you guys are very important people, and we want to welcome you today. We want to thank you for coming. In fact, let's, let's let our VIPs know, man. We're excited to have them today. And so here's what we ask. Um, if you would, uh, when you walked in today, you got what we call a connection card, and that connection card just gives you a little uh, chance to, to let us know who you are, but also out there in the lobby to the right. It's our welcome area. You can see there's several tables over there to the right. We've got a free gift for everybody that's new here today. If it's your first time uh, here, if you're a returning guest, just take that card and check, that, check those boxes on there. Give as much information as you'd be willing to. Out there in the lobby to the right after all this is over in just a minute, um, we'll exchange that gift for that card, man. Fired up, excited to have you guys here. Hey, um, we are in a series we started last week called Summer Playlist. And just in case you're new, um, talked to a couple new people here this morning. Let me just lay out the rules here for the next several weeks, all this summer at Summit. What we're doing, what I'm doing really, is I'm answering the questions you guys sent in and voted to hear since April. You know, it's just like a playlist. You know, you just like a playlist you set up on your phone or whatever, you know, songs you want to hear. Well, this is what you guys said you wanted to hear. Now, let me give you a little heads up. Next week, next week is the one that a lot of you have been waiting for. It's Fourth of July weekend, and we're talking about drinking next Sunday. Woo! Don't listen. Some of y'all are straight faced, but you're like, you're like, it's on next week. Yes, yes, yes. We're coming, baby. You know, you're fired up. Uh, and and let me tell you a couple things that happen next Sunday. Okay, um, we're, our band is gonna, our band. We're giving our band uh, next Sunday off. The one in the mini, uh, if you've been here, Stephen Bell, uh, he preaches here for me every once in a while. He was our worship leader when we first got started. But his worship band, the one in the mini, they're going to be here to lead us next week. If you don't know who they are, man, you guys need to come back next week. You're in for a treat. You can actually get on iTunes right now, download their CD. Uh, God's just using them in crazy ways. But they're going to be here next week uh, to rock it out. And I've already told Stephen, I said, man, Stephen, I'm, I'm preaching about can Christians drink. So if you could open up with Leonard Skinner or something, that'd be awesome. And so, so man, it's going to be great next week. Um, but we are, man. So next week, we're talking about can Christians drink? And so here's all I got to say, all I'm saying. People, I've, like, like, I've never been asked more this week about a sermon than I have the one for that one next week. What are you going to say? What are you going to say? I bought a 12-pack. What are you going to say? That's not, that didn't happen. I made that up. But people have been asking me, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? And I just keep telling people, you'll have to come. You'll have to, you'll have to not drink for one more week and see what I do. You never know what I'm going to do next week. You don't know what I could pull off next week. 
So here's the deal. Just be here next week. Be here next week. You have friends, people that you know. Hey, my preacher's talking about drinking this Sunday, and you should come and check it out. And uh, get sobered up by then, you can come. And, um, and so you'll have people that will come next Sunday. So it'll be awesome. It's going to be fun. I'm so excited about that. But today we're talking about something else. And before I get into the question that you asked to, for me to preach about, um, I want to ask you something and answer this by raising your hand. Um, how many of you, there's something about you you would love to change? Raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Uh, those of you who are not raising your hand, you should change the fact that you're a liar, like you should work on lying. Just try to get that out, right? But, but no, but seriously, seriously, like you, there's something about you I would, you would just love to change. Raise your hand one more time, really high so I can see. So about me, I would love to change. Look at that. Oh, okay, there we go. Almost, I think almost every hand went up. Hey, maybe you're a nail biter. You know nail biters? Do you know a nail biter? You know, like, yeah, I don't need to order. I don't need to order an appetizer. I've got five of them right here. You know what I'm saying? And so that, you know, nail biters, you know, maybe just nervous, you know, it's just like, or some, some of you are just like this, you know, and, and, and maybe it's you on your fingernails, your toenails. I don't know how you roll. I don't know what you're doing, but there's a nail biter. You're like, I should probably not do that. Maybe that's it. Or maybe you're here and you're, you know, you wake up, you know, about eight o'clock in the morning. First thing you do is get on Facebook. Next thing you know, it's midnight. You're like, I don't know if I should be looking at people's cats that much. I don't, just don't know. You know, maybe I need to kind of, maybe you think, you know, I talk to uh, people all the time. Say, I need to, you know, stop watching TV as much as I do. You know, uh, I wish I was more, I wish I wasn't a procrastinator. I'll start working on that tomorrow. You'll get that later. Um, but um, yeah, I, there's just something about me. I'd love to change. I, be, I bet if we took John's microphone here, but we took a microphone, we're not going to, but if we took that microphone, passed it around, everybody'd say something, right? No matter how young, how old you are, everybody's got something that you'd love to change. But let's go a little deeper. And, and I don't want you to do anything for this one, okay? This is really personal, okay? God knows the answer, and, and to be honest, you know the answer too, so don't raise your hand or, or anything like that. But here's the deal. Somebody walked in today, and there is this issue in your life. There is this thing in your life, and if you're honest about it, again, I'm not going to ask you to say anything to anybody about it, but if you're honest about it this morning, it feels like it's got a chokehold on you. You know what I mean? Like you would love to stop doing it. There's this thing maybe in your life, and you walked in here today, and, and it's there when you wake up. It's there when you go to sleep. It's impacting your relationship with God. It's impacting your relationship with other people. And so you've walked in today, and you're thinking, man, I would love to get that out of me. I would love to change right there. And so if that's you today, if that's you today, I'm, I'm talking if you have ever wanted to change deep down, you picked a good day to be, to be here. Maybe you're listening to the podcast or you've downloaded this for the very first time. You picked a great day to listen because this is the question that you guys asked for today. Look at this question. How can I stop doing what I hate? How do you stop temptation? How can I stop doing what I hate how do you stop temptation? And, and here's what I want to do today. Here's what I want to do. My goal today is to be as clear as I possibly can. That's all I want to do today. My goal today is to be as clear, bottom shelf, and practical as I possibly can. If you're not a note taker, you might want to become one today. You might want to download this later. You might want to share this with a friend that you know struggles with something. Because I want to be as practical, as bottom shelf as I possibly can. Because today we're talking about how can I stop doing the things that I hate. And when it comes to change at that level... Okay, guys, when it comes to changing at that level, the stuff in our lives that I would love to get rid of, that I would love to get out of me, to stop doing the things that I hate, when it comes to change at that level, and here's the big idea for today, and this is what I want you to get today. You might want to write this one down. When it comes to change at that level, here's what you need to know. Real change requires a real plan. Real change requires a real plan. Can we all say that together? Say it with me. Real change requires a real plan. A real plan. And, and see, I, I'm, I'm talking real plan. Let me just speak for me for a second. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've looked at God and said to God about something that I'm doing and that I hate that I'm doing it. I can't tell you how many times I've looked at God and said this, God, I'll never do it again. Have you ever said that to God? 
right? Have you ever, like, maybe you've been in an environment like this, you've been in church, and the, you know, worship band singing, guys preaching, and man, God's just convicting you about something, something pops in your head that's in your life, and you're like, ah, I hate that that's in my life. I wish I could stop that, and then you get really emotional. Maybe you came up, talked to somebody, you went up front, prayed, whatever you did, you were crying, there was snot flowing, mascara was running, you looked awful, to be honest, but you looked at God, and you told God what? I will never do that again. God, I promise I will never do that again. And then you got in the car, found out it followed you out of the building, right? Listen to me, listen to me. Here's why I bring that up. Perfectionism is not a plan. Most of the plans we fall back on are perfectionistic plans. Let me just define what that means. Perfectionism simply means from this moment forward, I'm perfect. I've never been perfect, never even been close. But God, from here on out, dude, I got it nailed. Have you ever told God that way? Have you ever talked to God like that? God, I will never do it again. And you know and I know that doesn't work. God knows that doesn't work. So real change requires a real plan. And so I want us to see what Jesus says about this because I think that Jesus gives us in a verse that most of us are familiar with, I think Jesus gives us the answer to the question that was up there, how can I stop temptation? How can I stop doing the things that I hate? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go ahead, and if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open up Matthew chapter uh, 5. Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, rather. Matthew chapter 6, verse 13 is where we're going to be. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and turn it on on your phone, your mobile device. If you actually brought a copy of the Bible, open it up. Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. And let me just kind of put this in context. This is a part of what's known as the Lord's Prayer. And if you go back on uh, summithazard.com on our resource page, you can listen to old sermons. We put all of our sermons uh, up there. This one should be up there later today. But if you go back to January, in January, do you guys remember the series we did called Game Changer? Remember that? In Game Changer, we did a series through the Lord's Prayer. We just went through every word, everything Jesus said in that series. Well, this is the way that Jesus ends the Lord's Prayer prayer. And what Jesus is doing in the Lord's Prayer, and to be honest, your Bible might say the Lord's Prayer. I'm looking at mine. Mine does say the Lord's Prayer. It's better to call this the model prayer. Because what Jesus is doing is Jesus has given the disciples and you and me a model for how to pray. See, the disciples come to Jesus. They say, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? And he says, oh man, sure, I can do that. That's a really good question. And so Jesus gives the model prayer. He's not giving us a prayer to recite every day. A lot of you know people that maybe they recite the Lord's Prayer every day. Maybe you do that. There's really nothing wrong with that, but that's not Jesus' goal with this prayer. This is the model prayer. Jesus is saying, hey, if you want to know what kind of things you should talk to me about, here's some categories you can use. And then Jesus ends with the category that I think answers the question for today. So let's read Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. It says this, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Did you hear what Jesus just now said? See, the question is, how can I stop temptation. Whoever asked that, and a lot of people ask this kind of question right here, whoever asked that, you worded it beautifully, because here's the idea behind the question. How can I stop it before it comes? Not respond to it after it's already come, and then I've already given into it again. How can I stop it before it comes? What Jesus does in Matthew 6, 13, he gives us a preemptive strike against sin. Again, look at what he says. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. He doesn't say, he doesn't say, God, help me, I've done it again. It's awesome to pray that way if we, if, when we fall and when we blow it again. And listen, the reason it's awesome to pray that way and when we blow it to go to God and say, God, I've done it again, I am sorry, is because you and I have the promise from 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that when we confess our sins to God, God is faithful and just to forgive us for all of our sin. So when we fall, when we blow it, we don't stay in the mud, we don't stay in the mess. We say, God, I've done this, I'm sorry. And God says, you are forgiven. Always he does that. But Jesus isn't telling us to pray that way here. 
Jesus is telling us to pray, God, before I'm even tempted, help me to get out of this. God, before this even comes into my life one more time, God, would you give me everything I need to say no to things I'm doing that I hate? See, you need to write this down. You need to remember this. Sin is not something that we make excuses for. Sin is something we fight. Sin is not something that we make excuses for. For. Oh, you know what? I was, I was raised this way. Oh, this has always been in my family. Oh, you know what? This is just an issue. No, 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 no. Sin is not something that we make excuses over. Sin is something that you and I are supposed to fight. Let me show it to you just by showing two verses. Look at these verses here. Colossians 3, 5, put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. So put to death, there's stuff in me, that's what God is saying, there's stuff in Mark Holmes right now that's gotta go. Don't wave the white flag, don't make excuses, it's gotta go. Here's another one, Romans 8, 13. If you live according to the flesh, you will die, but if by the Spirit you put to, what's the next word, you tell me? Death. If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, then you'll live In other words, one of the reasons the Holy Spirit lives in you as a Christian is to kill stuff that you hate in you. One of the reasons that the Holy Spirit of God lives in every single Christian is so that you and I, by his power, we can get rid of things that God doesn't want in us and we don't want either. So what Jesus does is Jesus gives us a preemptive strike when it comes to sin. God, don't even lead me into temptation. Help me to deal with this before it starts. And so what I want to do today is I want us to see the plan that Jesus gives us. I want us to see, I want us to see the fight that Jesus calls us to here in these verses. And I think this plan that Jesus gives us, because remember, real change requires a real plan. So I want to be as practical and real as possible. How can I stop doing the things I hate? How can I stop temptation? Four things. Four things to stop doing. The things that we hate, things that I hate in me, things you hate in you. Four ways to stop temptation. Here we go. You want to write these down. First thing that we have to do, first thing we've got to do is we've got to get specific. You and I, if we're going to really stop doing the things that we hate, we have got to get specific specific. I love what Jesus does here. Look at this verse again. It says, lead us not into, here's the next word, look at this, temptation. And see, Jesus, when he uses that word temptation, it's really a fill-in-the-blank type answer because Jesus doesn't intend for you and I just to go to God every day. God, help me with temptation. God, don't lead me into temptation. God, don't lead me into temptation. No, 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 no. Jesus wants us to get specific. What's the temptation you need delivered from? What's the specific thing in your life that you need God's help to overcome? What is the sin in your life that you would love to get rid of? See, Jesus is using the word temptation like it's a big junk drawer. Anybody have a junk drawer in your house? I have a junk drawer. Raise your hand if you have a junk drawer, right? You know what a junk drawer is, right? Junk drawer, you just throw everything into the junk drawer, right? So you open up the junk drawer. There's ink pens. There's stamps. There's yesterday's lunch. There's the cat, right? It's all... It's just the junk drawer, right? Right? Oh, dirty diaper, junk drawer. You're right, parents. Is that, oh, just me? Sorry. Um, Jesus is using temptation like it's a junk drawer, and he's just saying, hey, this is a big, broad idea. You need to insert your temptation into it. Get specific. What is the thing that you would love for God to get out of your life today? What is it? Do you know what it is? And listen, let me tell you a bad answer. This is the worst answer you could give. Here's what somebody might be saying to themselves right now. Well, I would love, to go, I would love for God to get sin out of me. Well, thank you, Captain Obvious. Wouldn't we all, right? No, 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 that's not good enough. And the reason it's not good enough, it's not specific. What do you struggle with? And listen, listen, hey, Summit, check this out. If you don't know the thing that could destroy you, Satan does. I've learned that Satan doesn't tempt me with stuff I'm not tempted about. He only tempts me with things that I am tempted by. What that means is this. Satan knows how to bait your hook. And the person next to you, and the person next to them, and the person next to them. So you better know the thing that could trip you up. You better know. You need to know, teenager, 
things that'll take you out. You need to know husbands. You need to know wives. You need to know grandparents. You need to know the thing that could take you out. What is it? What is the thing that could take you out? What is it? Do you know here? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write some down here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn my mirror a little bit. Hopefully it's not going to blind some people. Because here's the deal. Some of you are looking at your life and you're thinking about that thing right now. You're thinking about that thing that could trip you up. Do you know what it is? Here's what some of you are thinking right now. Some of you, you've got an addiction. Doesn't matter if you can see this or not. I'm writing addiction down. You're thinking about that addiction you have, that porn addiction, drug addiction, the alcohol addiction, the addiction. That's what you're, I would love for God to get that out of my life. Here's what some of you are thinking. You're thinking about anxiety. Man, you can't do anything in your life without just this overwhelming sense of anxiety, worry. It's, it's, it's at an overwhelming level for you. All people are worriers. No, 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 you're next level. You can come and lift, a hand, lift your hands and talk about how good God is and what he's done in your life. But if you're honest, anxiety has such a grip in your life, you have a hard time trusting God for you, for your family, for your kids, for your future. So maybe you're thinking anxiety. Maybe you're here today and the thing that you hate that you would love to get rid of, you've got an eating disorder you're thinking about. So you've got that thing, man, and you would love to get it out. Nobody knows you've got that eating disorder but you and God. You'd love to get rid of that. Somebody's thinking about the sexual sin in their life. Maybe it's in their past. Maybe it's in their present. Somebody's thinking about the thing that someone did to you. I'm going to write did to you. They said something to you. They did something to you. We could go on for days, couldn't we? Here's the the point. You better know what it is. You better know what it is for you. That specific thing. But see, not only do we need to get specific about what it is, we need to get specific about it to God. And what I mean by that is whatever that is for you, that thing that you would write down on the mirror, on the glass, when you look at you and that thing is staring back at you, listen, not only do I mean get specific and name it, I mean get specific with God and confess it's a sin. God, this isn't an issue. This isn't a lifestyle. This isn't something that my family passed on to me. This is sin in me. I am sorry. And listen, here's the good news. No one in this church, in this room, in this world, in this planet is going to confess anything to God that God doesn't know about already. Amen? Nobody in this room is going to confess something to God, and then God looks at Jesus and the Holy Spirit and all the angels, and he says, oh, my gosh, that's nasty. Holy Spirit's like, I know, it's crazy, isn't it? Right? God's not gonna, God is not shocked by anything in your life today. You say, well, why do I need to confess something that God already knows about? Here's why. Because confession isn't about information, it's about transformation. Confession isn't about giving God information he already has, it's about transforming you and I into the people that God wants us to be. So the first thing we gotta do, real change requires a real plan. What's the first thing we gotta do? Get specific. What is it that we need, what is it that's gotta go? And God, this is sin in my life. But the second thing we've gotta do, we've got to get a promise. We've got to get a promise if we wanna stop temptation and change at that deep level. Hey, let me let you in on something right now. Let me let you in on something. I, and, I, and we're not including this in the price of admission today. I'm, I'm a nice guy, I'm gonna let you have this one for free. Do you know why you sin? I know why. Do you know why? Do you know why you give in the temptation? I'm gonna tell you, lean, lean in, lean in. I don't want anybody else to hear but you. Lean in. Make sure nobody's listening. You don't want to know why you sin? Here's why. Because you want to. Right? It's like, not me. Oh, you, dude. Yeah, you. You know why you give in to temptation? Because you want to do it. You know why you, do, you, know why you sin? Because you want to. And here's why we want to. Because sin always comes to us with promises. See, I'm trying to be silly up there for a little bit, but here's what I want you to know. Sin always comes to us with promises. Go back to Genesis chapter 3. It's Adam, Eve, Satan. The very first sin, the very first temptation. Satan comes to Adam and Eve, and he says this. Hey, you know what? The reason God doesn't want you to eat from that tree is because God knows when you eat from that tree, you will be just like him. Promise. Every sin, every temptation has a promise. The problem is all of sin's promises are lies. Amen? 
He told them, hey, you'll be just like God. Doesn't that sound awesome? He didn't tell them that it would actually separate them from God and cause sin to enter into the world and mess up everything. Sin always comes with promises, and every promise that sin gives, it's a lie. That's why we feel awful after we listen to the promise and we give into it. And see, what you and I need to do, if we want to change at the deepest level and not give in to temptation, we need to replace sin's lies with God's truth. We need to replace the lies of sin with the truth from God. See, I don't know if you've realized this or not, and maybe, and maybe you're here, you don't believe the Bible, well, you know the Bible's true, and listen, if that's you today, I'm glad you're here. Man, I used to think that way too. Love to talk to you about how, about how my mind changed on that issue. But here's where our church stands, here's where I stand. This is the Word of God. This is not simply a book. The Bible says that this is living and active. In Ephesians chapter 6, there's a section called the armor of God. And it says that the Bible is the sword of the Spirit. Do you know what you do with a sword? You kill things with a sword. You cut things off with a sword. And so what we do with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Bible, is that every single time sin comes, every single time temptation comes, instead of listening to sin's lies of promises, what we do is we take up the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and we believe God's promise instead of sin's lies. So here's what that means. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, God, I have stored up your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What that means is this, whatever the specific sin you struggle with, that thing might be something on the mirror. Oh man, I just now thought of this. Here, something we need to write down on the mirror. Here you go, anger. Your temper, some of you are angry that I didn't write anger. Oh my gosh, you're struggling right now. Anger, maybe it's your temper. Whatever that specific thing is that you're struggling with, you need a specific word from God about that thing. There isn't a struggle in anybody's life that God's word doesn't talk about. If you, struggle with a sex, if you struggle with sexual sin, there's something in the Bible about it. If you struggle with your temper, there's a promise from God about how to fight it. If you struggle with an eating disorder, there's stuff in the Bible for you. Say, Mark, how can I find what the Bible says about my struggle? I'm glad you asked. You guys are asking great questions today. Here's how you find the thing God says about your struggle. You ready? I went to seminary to learn this tip. You go to Google. You go to Google. And you type in Bible verses about whatever your deal is. Now, some of you, I've been in church long enough to know, somebody in this room is thinking, Google, is that Christian? That's not Christian, though. That's secular. It's Google. It's just Google, man. Google is Google. All right? I mean, if you're sacrificing kittens on your computer, stop it, but it's still Google. And if you go to Google today... Bible verses about sexual sin, Bible verses about anger, Bible verses about eating disorders, Bible verses about anxiety, Bible verses about your struggle. Here's what will pop up on your screen. Promises from God. Get a promise inside of you and every single time it comes, instead of listening to the devil, listening to sin's lies, speak out loud, scream out loud. Man, I've got to talk to myself out loud and I've got to say stuff out. I'm driving down my car and stuff pops in my head and I just have to start saying stuff out loud. People are driving by, insane. That might be why they never come to Summit. They see me talking to myself. I don't know. But you got to do what you got to do. Let me just give you an example. Anxiety. Maybe anxiety is your struggle. You, I mean, it's, it's just got a stranglehold on your life and you're convinced that God, God can't take care of your, of your family, of your kids. God can't meet that need. You've got anxiety. You've got worry. You've been singing, but inside you don't know if you can really trust God. Sin's lies are coming to you. God doesn't know your situation. God takes care of other people. He doesn't do that for you, though, does he? And instead of listening to that, what we need inside of us, ready to go, ready to go, what we need is a word from God about that. So let me give you an example. Look at this right here. Psalm 56, 3 through 4. But when I am afraid, I love the Bible, man. You ever meet somebody, I ain't afraid of nothing. Liar. I don't worry about nothing. Man, why don't you breathe oxygen like a real person? I love that the Bible says when I'm afraid, not if I'm afraid. In other words, it's going to happen. There could be something coming this week that none of us had planned for, and it takes the breath away out of your life. The bottom, you could get the phone call this week you hope you'd never get. When I'm afraid, it's going to happen. But when I'm afraid, I love what he says. When I'm afraid, what will I do? You read it. 
I will put my trust in you. I will trust in you. Instead of listening to sin's lies, instead of letting anxiety eat my lunch, God, I'm going to trust you. Look at what he says next. I praise God for what he's promised. I trust in God. So why should I be afraid? Hey, you know what? What if instead of listening to anxiety, every time anxiety knocked on your door, you started to worship? Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be a game changer? Anxiety knocks on your door. God doesn't know what you're going through. God's not going to meet that need. God, I praise you that you're faithful. I praise you that when I didn't think I was going to make it, you made a way, and here I am, right? What if instead of listening to that, we responded with worship? But here's what we're doing. We've got the sword of the word of God, and instead of listening to that and letting it drive us away from God, all of a sudden in that moment in the car, in that moment at school, in that moment, I don't know where it is for you. Your kid's freaking out at night. I don't know where you need it, but man, when the attack comes, you got the sword of the spirit, and instead of listening to sin's lies, you got God's promises, and you can fight. Here's number three. Next thing you need to do, not only do you need to get specific, you need to get a promise, you need to get a group. You need to get a group, a group of people in your life encouraging you to keep going. Look at what Jesus says. I love what Jesus says here. Jesus says, and lead us not into temptation. He doesn't say lead me, lead us. One of the biggest lies that's ever gotten into the church is I don't need anybody. Some of you think this, I don't need anybody but God. Wrong. I say this all the time, and I say it because it grabs people's attention. You and Jesus are not enough. You're not. And the reason you and Jesus are not enough is because Jesus never intended it for, you to, for it to be you and him. Jesus intended it to be you, him, and his people, the church. Walking with you, encouraging you, praying for you, being there for you, whatever you could get up here and ride on this stage, you were never meant to fight it alone. He said, lead us. Let me ask you a weird question. Do you have any us's? People in your life that are encouraging you? You miss church? Hey, we missed you today. Hey, what's going on in your life? Listen, right, listen, that's why when life group signups start up, and they're going to start up here in a couple of weeks, when life group signups start up, make the decision right now to join a life group. Satan's going to tell you you're too busy, you got too much stuff going on, everybody's too busy, make the decision anyway. Listen, you don't even have to wait for life group signups to start up. You can sign up today, take your connection card, flip it over, sign up to be one of our serve teams. You can serve in kids, guest services, any one of those. And here's what that will do. It'll get you using the gifts that God's given you, but it will also put you around other people that you'll get to know, and those people will have your back. Get a group. Number four, last thing, last thing, number four. Don't give up. Hey, you want to stop temptation? You want to stop temptation, you need to get specific about what you're tempted about. You need to confess it to God that it's sin. Then you need to get a promise about that temptation. So you'll listen to God's promises, not sin's lies. You need to get a group, people around you that can help you keep going. Number four, don't give up. Don't give up. Here's why this is number four. It's number four because some of you have been fighting the same thing for years and you're tired. You've been struggling with that eating disorder for years. You've been cutting yourself, it seems like, for decades. And, and as deep as the cut goes and as long as it's there, it is not giving you the relief that you're looking for. And you would love to stop, but you don't think that you can. You've tried to stop. You've tried so hard. Don't give up now. I would love to really trust God more than I do, but this anxiety, this addiction, it's just holding me back. What do I do? I'll tell you what you do. You don't give up. And here's why you don't give up. Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came for you. And on a cross, on a hill, I want you to listen to me right now. Listen to me. I need everybody to hear this. Jesus did not just take the vague idea of sin on the cross. He personally took your sin on the cross. Do you understand that? Jesus personally took your porn addiction on the cross. 
He personally took your cutting on the cross, your eating disorder, your anxiety. Jesus personally took that sexual sin. Jesus personally took that thing they did to you, that thing they said to you. He personally took it on the cross, and on the cross, he did two things. The first thing Jesus did personally for your sin, he paid for it. Jesus totally paid for, the, for your sin on the cross. So what that means is you don't have to go to church to get God to love you. You don't have to try really hard to get God to like you. No, no, no. He already loves you. You are already loved more than you could ever imagine by God. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus paid every price necessary so that you and I could have the forgiveness that only God can give. 2,000 years ago, Jesus personally took your sin and paid the price for your sin. That's good news. Is that good news? I think that's good news. That means I don't have to pay the price. That means I don't have to work this out. That means, God, I'm trying to be good enough so that you'll like me a little bit more. No, no, no. God loves me, the Bible says, with the same love that he has for Jesus. Why? Because Jesus paid for my sin. It's paid for. But that's not all he did. See, Jesus, on the cross... He also broke the power of sin over our lives. Let me show you this verse. Look at this verse. When he died, he died one time. He died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. See, not only did Jesus pay the price for sin, Jesus broke the power of sin over you. Man, I feel... Like I can't shake this addiction. The power of the addiction has been broken. In Jesus' name it's been broken. I feel like I can't stop looking at porn. Porn is not your boss. The power of pornography over you was broken 2,000 years ago. I feel like I can't stop this eating disorder. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be hard. Man, I wish this sermon was the silver bullet you needed so that you'd never struggle again. But it's not. But I will tell you this. The power of that eating disorder has been broken over your life. It is not your boss. You are not its captive. Jesus is victorious today. Why? Because Jesus personally took your sin, paid for your sin on the cross, and he didn't just pay for it. He took your sin and he broke your sin on the cross. And that is true for you. Not the person next to you. Not the person behind you. That is true for you today. Mark, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't even need to. Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ paid for your sin. And he broke the power over. Hey, you want to change? You can. You can change. The grace of God is so strong that you and I can change in ways we never thought possible. But real change requires a real plan. And some of it, I think, it starts for a lot of you today. Today. Like I said, this is not the silver bullet. But maybe today we stop making excuses. Maybe today we stop just calling it issue. Maybe today, for the very first time, we get specific. God, God, this is sin. And its power over me has been broken. And there is a promise from you that can, that can help me every day. There's a promise from you in your word that can help me every day experience the freedom that I already have more and more. See, we're already free, but the problem is that sin wants to put us in bondage so that we don't experience the freedom. This afternoon, you can experience the freedom more. And tomorrow, and the next day, and every day until he comes, you can experience the freedom you already have in Christ. Get specific. Get a promise. Get a group. And don't give up. 
Right now, John's going to come on out, and John's going to lead us. And I think today the way that I want to end this is I want us to stand and make a declaration. I want us to declare in the face of your struggle, because it's still there, but in the face of your struggle, in light of the freedom that we have in Christ, in the face of your struggle, we can declare today our chains are gone. We have been set free. So would you do that today? I want us to stand. And I know that a lot of times in our church, some of you look at this as an opportunity, grab the kids, grab the wife, grab the stuff, beat traffic. Don't do that. Let's freak the devil out a little bit and let him know that in Hazard, Kentucky, several hundred people got together and we are standing on the promise. We are believing Jesus's power and our chains are gone today. Our chains are gone today. So John is going to lead us in this chorus, and I want you to sing like free people. Will you do that? Sing like free people. You're already free. Sing like it. You have no chains this morning. So let's celebrate. Our chains are gone. We have been set free. John, lead us this morning in that truth. My chains are gone. I've been set free. God, my Savior, has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. My chains are gone, I've been set my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing way. You know, right now, here's what I want to do. We've never done this before, but I just really believe, I was thinking this week, praying about this, and I really believe that God would want us to do something never done before and if you're here today you're you're already free in christ you're already free but say mark i'm i want to be i want to experience the freedom where i've got some issues i want to experience the freedom that i already have i want to experience that freedom mark i want the bondage of this thing to be broken over my life here's what i want to do today and it can be every one of you if we need to we can be we've already made plans to do this but here's what i want to do if you're here today say mark My chains are gone, but I want to experience the freedom of it more. Mark, pray that I can stop this thing, get it out of my life. I want to meet you right here, right now. I'm going to come off this stage, and I want to pray with you really quickly. You can stay up here, get on your knees and pray. But I want to pray for us as a church today, and I want to meet you right now. So if that's you, you come on. I'm going right now. You just come. Right now, I'm going to meet you right here. hold you back today if you need to come up. right over here and just pray. We got several people. You guys keep coming. You guys keep coming. Some of our response team, you guys go. Come on right now. Come on right now. Let's meet these needs. God's moving. If you want to come up here, you don't want to pray for anybody. You just want to get on your knees and pray. You come. You want to be prayed for. We got people right now who are going to pray for you. You come on today and just let's just be free today. 
Do what God's telling you today. You come up here and we'll pray for you. You get right here, we'll pray for you. Let's pray. You come. We've got several people that have come. You do what God is leading you to do today. As people are praying, would you bow your heads with me, church, and let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you that right now you know the heart of every person in this room, God. You know where we're at. You know the struggle, and, and the struggle is real, God. The struggle is so real, Jesus had to die for it. He had to be crucified. He had to be slaughtered, the Bible says, because of sin, our sin, my sin. And I thank you that there is freedom in Jesus. And God, I pray for the people who are here today that don't have a relationship with you. They don't know you as Lord and Savior. I pray right now is a moment of freedom for them. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, if you're here today and you're saying, Mark, I've come and I'm not a Christian what about me? Here, here's what I want to say to you. The freedom and the power that we just spoke about can be yours today. The price for your sin has already been paid. There is nothing holding God back today from stepping into your life and changing everything. The power of sin has been broken over your life. All you need to do is receive it. You receive today what Jesus has purchased for you. And the way you receive it is right there where you're at. You don't need to jump through hoops or anything, but right there where you're at, you just go to God in prayer and say, God, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. So if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, God's moving in your heart that way and you already know what to say, go ahead and ask God to save you. Go ahead and ask Jesus in your life. You say what you need to say to God, but if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you're like, Mark, I don't know what to say. What do I do? I want to lead us in a prayer right now. And, and if you don't know what to say, but you know God is telling you that you need Him in your life, then right there where you're standing, I want you to pray a prayer with me right now. And this isn't a magic word prayer or anything like that, but here's what this is. This is you giving your life for the very first time to Jesus Christ. So if you want to do that, pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. Make all things new in me today. Thank you that, that the price for my sin has been paid. Thank you that the power of sin over me has been broken. Thank you, Jesus, for your love for me and that you've forgiven me. I give you my life. Help me to live for you from this moment forward. Amen. With every head still bowed and every eye still closed, nobody's looking at me. Nobody's looking at me. Did you just pray that prayer? If you just prayed that prayer, I want you to raise your hand right now so I can see it and celebrate with you. If you're asking Jesus Christ into your life today, raise your hand very high so that I can celebrate with you right now. I see, I see one hand right over there. Any, any other hands? Raise that hand high. I want to challenge you to do something. I want to challenge you to make a move today. So we want to celebrate with you. If you're here today and you've given your life to Jesus Christ, we want to give you a free Bible and a free book called Seek First. We've put this together for everybody that's making this decision. If you today are giving your life to Jesus Christ, would you just slip out of your aisle or wherever you're at? Make your way to the back of the auditorium right now. Go ahead and go. 
We got people who want to be there for you, pray with you, and then they'll let you back in your seat. We just want to give you that Bible and that green book. But if you've made that decision today, we'd love to meet you back there in the back. Right now, this moment, you just get up out of your seat and go. Get out of your seat and go right now. Just make your way there. People are waiting on you. And people, church people are moving right now. You need to go, go. God, this has been strong. This has been so powerful and it's because of the gospel, because Jesus is alive and the Holy Spirit is in us. And it hasn't ended today. If anything, this has just started for me and for all of us. But I pray that, God, we would not give up. I pray that we'd walk out of here and we'd get specific, we'd get a promise, we even get a group. We'd never give up. God, you never give up on us. Jesus, we love you so, so much. Thank you for the gospel that it changes lives. In your name, Jesus, amen. Church, can we praise God for the gospel and the power that it has? Here's what I want to do. Many, you might still be where you're at. You're praying. Keep the lights right there if we could. Let's keep, let's not move the lights, okay, if we could. Um, Some of you might be praying. Uh, just keep praying, keep doing what you're doing right now. Some of you may be in the back talking to people. Keep doing that. Guys, next week, let's invite people. It's going to be a big Sunday, a great Sunday. Hey, guys, listen. If you're a first-time guest, returning guest, we'd love to meet you out there at the Welcome Station, the Welcome Center in the lobby to the right. Take that card. But here's the deal. If you made the decision to give your life to Jesus today, or you're making any decision, you need to get baptized, whatever, the back of that card, take it, check those boxes, give it to somebody on your way out today. Don't let any, don't leave until you let somebody know what God did in your life today. Hey, has this been good today? Man, this has been awesome. Man, this has been awesome, man. I love this church. I love you guys, man. This has been awesome. Hey, guys, listen, listen. Uh, Several people are praying. You guys continue to pray. Let God do what he's doing in your life. The rest of you guys, you're dismissed. Love you. We'll see you next week. Go ahead, guys.